anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. To begin with, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then looking in the, New, in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, and there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will, be bur- will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Verses 1 through 7, Isaiah chapter 9. Lord, we thank you once again for the gift of your word. Thank you for the power, the grace, the anointing, the mercy, the strength that rests upon and within your word. And thank you for how that our lives are saved, they're healed, they're enriched, they're blessed in so many ways as we simply take time to open your word and spend time with you one-on-one as you pour words of power, wisdom, grace, and encouragement into our minds, our hearts, our lives. Father, with every passing day, more and more help us to fall more in love with you and with your word and empower us all to be much more faithful hearers and doers of your word, Lord. And Father, often, Father, often, Lord, we've not loved you or loved one another as we should if we confess these are shortcomings by faith we repent of them. Forgive us afresh, Lord. Fill us anew with your spirit, with your joy and your peace today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. And as always, we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Uh, we'd like to share with our listeners that today we have a giveaway we want to make known. Uh, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to give away to the uh, first emailer that emails us that it's a Bible. It's called. It's the one-year Bible, and it's entitled "Pray for the Family Bible," 
and it's a special edition that uh, features, well, a gift amongst others from Focus on the Family with a foreword by Jim Daly. But again, it is a Pray for the Family Bible, a one-year Bible. So if you'd like to get a copy, if if you're the first person to email us, again, we'll be glad to get it to you. Again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And our encouragement to you is, again, as you may recall, we may often talk about this, but if you don't have the goal of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day, today is a great day to start that very, very important habit. And we would certainly encourage you to do that. And I would encourage you to, as you look forward to beginning this new year, make it your goal to read all the way through the Word of God in this coming year. That's a good goal to shoot for. I would encourage you to consider doing just that. Uh, We've shared articles, one article entitled Celebrate a Biblical Christmas. If you'd like to get a copy of it, it's one that reminds us of the importance of taking the time to read through the Christmas narratives during the Christmas season several times. Again, the article is entitled Celebrate a Biblical Christmas. Just email me, joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to get it to you. Our encouragement is that you'll take it to heart, but also that you'll forward this article and share it with lots of family, friends, co-workers, a fellow church members, saved and unsaved, because the Word of God is powerful, and it will bless any and all that will take the time to read it. And keep in mind how sad it is that too many don't take the time to read all the way through the Christmas narratives during the Christmas season. It will bless your Christmas season tremendously to take the time to do it, not just once or twice, but several times. And again, the Christmas narratives are found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. So reading them through a number of times with your family will bless you and your family tremendously. Hope that you will take the time to do just that. And then once again, uh, another article that we've shared is entitled, A Grandparents' Christmas Discipleship Project. And it's a great project for grandparents to do during the Christmas season, having your grandchildren to read the Christmas narratives to you by phone or in person. And it's a great way to encourage them, to disciple them, and to do something very, very fun during the Christmas season all at once. Hope that you will take the time. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get those articles to you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Well, today our goal is to read all the way through the Christmas narratives as found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2 as well. And again, we're hoping that you will take time, as we mentioned, to do this several times. You and parents, when you do it with your children, let the children do most of the reading, if not all the reading, because they'll typically get a lot more out of it if they read as well. So we pick up now the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. 
David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Ammon. Ammon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers, born at, the, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiakim was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiad. Abiad was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And Joseph named him Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said. For well, this is what the prophet wrote. 
And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I call my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Verses 1 through 16, Matthew chapter 2. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we're reading through the Christmas narratives, we'll be right back. Joy, 
music of the music of Forever Jones with joy to the world. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Christmas narratives, picking up in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning at verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I call my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children refusing to be comforted because they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Moving now to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. 
Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His his mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, No, his name is John. What? they exclaimed. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath 
to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. The Gospel of Luke, Chapter 2 At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Verses 1 through 14. Luke chapter 2, you're listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we're reading through the Christmas narratives, we'll be right back. Saying love is here 
It's the music of Christmas And there's a lady Who sits all alone with her thoughts And the memories of all that she's lost When she hears a sound at her door And the song comes to find her As a gentle reminder music of Christmas So Stephen Curtis Chapman with the music of Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Christmas narratives as we pick up in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, picking up at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph 
And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. 
but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my... Excuse me. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. End of Luke chapter 2. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful stories that make up what we refer to as the Christmas stories, the Christmas narratives. Thank you for the wisdom, the power, the glory, and the grace that rests upon these stories. And thank you for the many ways that we can grow in faith and grow in our understanding of how to listen to you, how to follow you, and how to serve you as we listen to these wonderful and powerful stories. Father, anoint us afresh with a spirit of grace that would encourage us to spend much time throughout the Christmas season reading and meditating on these stories individually, but also with our families as well. Lord, help us to be wise enough to to make it a high priority to read through them several times and help us to make it the priority that you would have us to make it in taking time with our whole families to read through them as well. And help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you want us to hear and see. Help us to realize, Lord, that there's so much grace, so much power, so much treasure found in these wonderful Christmas narratives. Help us to not miss them. Lord, help us to be mindful of the reality of just as in Jesus' day, so many sadly missed the Messiah who came and went, and so many missed him. Help us, Lord, to be a part of the church that is on fire for you, who is proclaiming the gospel so that people don't miss Jesus today. Help us to be mindful, Lord, that the greatest gift the world has ever received is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And help us, help us to be about the business, the very important work of sharing this wonderful message of Christmas and this message for all time. The fact that Jesus is Lord. He's our King of kings, our Lord of lords, our Savior, our Messiah, the Lamb of God who died on the cross to pay for the sins of the world and made a way for us to be saved. Lord, set us on fire afresh of your Holy Spirit of revival and renewal. Help us to be bright, shining witnesses wherever we go, shining for Jesus through our words, our actions, our attitude, the things we say, the things we do. Lord, set your church on fire afresh with the Holy Spirit of grace, Lord. Stir us to be proclaiming the wonderful message of the gospel more faithfully than ever before. And Father, Lord, at this time, thank you for the nation of Israel. Thank you for your sovereignty over it and your hand of grace upon it. Flood Israel with your mercy. 
Flood us with your light. Flood it with your grace, Lord. Lord, miraculously release hostages. Bring them back home safe and sound and miraculously do a perfect work in and around Israel during this time. Send forth, thank you for now, Israel and all the nations in the Middle East. Send forth many more laborers into all the nations of the Middle East, including Israel as well. Send forth many more laborers who will proclaim the gospel so that people will come to know that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. He's our Messiah. He's the Messiah for the whole world. And help us to know, Lord, that every day is a great day for us to be proclaiming the wonderful news that Jesus saves. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Park. And once again, please take time to read Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2 several times throughout the Christmas season. It will greatly bless your celebration of Christmas and greatly enhance your walk with the Lord as well. As we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made the time, if you've never made this eternally important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, today, this day is a wonderful day to make that step, to ask Him to come in to save you, to make you brand new, and to make you a part of His family. If you'd like to make that step, would you from your heart pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and committed your life to Christ, we want to be in touch with you. We'd like to be in communication with you. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please get in touch with us again. That email, joseph at AFR.net. We hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Once again, my email, joseph at AFR.net. If you wanted to get a copy of the book that we're offering, the first person that emails us, it's called the Pray for the Family Bible. Again, same email, joseph at AFR.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.